If that stays off the whole interview, that's going to be a miracle. No, nah, well. Who are you thinking? We're going we're gonna to wait. Don't. Okay. Next okay. time we come out, we'll have like a whole other production. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have like it'll, a whole it'll be an ESPN crew. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Let's go just leave it like that. Wowzers, man. You got a lighting girl over there? You got somebody with <laughs> you got somebody with a boomstick and shit too? Gotta keep the down. Is that gonna stay? On him or on him? Oh. Well, that's fine. That's fine. That'll be good. Alright, as long as we don't look into the light. We'll be good. Can you see us fine? Yeah. What do you think, man? Oh, look at man. It should be okay. All right, let's rock and roll. Oh, my hair. I know. They're not going to see you. Is that the makeup girl right there now? You got a makeup <laughs> crew, too? <laughs> production for years. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're at mom's house, so she's up in the house. At least you guys get a tan. Right, we're good to go when you guys are. At least, okay. at least you guys get a tan out of this by the time you're done. There you go. Well, you guys are in Cali, man. There's no shortages of tans there. So if you hear a voice, that's Randy talking. You guys can't see him, but he'll pipe in every now and then. So, um, I mean, I guess we could take it from the very top. What do you, what do you fellas been into? Everybody's seen you guys at the Raw Nationals, uh, at the Worlds. What's been going are on we, right now? Are we live right now? We're, we were live like 20 minutes ago, man. Okay, <laughs> no worries. We'll, we'll cut that out. <laughs> What's going on? All right. Um, where have we been at? What's going on? Training what for US Open? How's training be going? Training going for US Open. So, the last week, he hit like 1,800 in training pretty comfortably. Um, we've just been kind of like staying in shape, not really pushing it too hard right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but we are, I was just telling him like 12 weeks out, we're going to just really push the volume. Uh, obviously want to keep him as healthy as possible, but, um, we haven't started to turn up yet, uh, but we will. And, um, I think his base right now, uh, is higher than it's ever been. Um, especially like you know, like this far out from a meet, not tapered or anything. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, we're definitely in a position to do something uh, special. Yeah. How is that, uh, how's the transition you guys been feeling with the wraps? Is that a whole nother world or what? Um, it's been pretty good so far. I haven't really pushed it too much. Starting to get used to them. I've got time my, my best PR, uh, without wraps, in wraps, at like an RP, like, Seven. Yeah, like, so. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no shit. The wraps are honestly, it's just, um, especially those, uh, uh, I guess it's like a Mark Bell plug, those red slingshot wraps. There we um, go. There we go. You just, gotta, you just gotta really, like, if you crank them on there, uh, and you just hit the hole, and you're at just, you just gotta basically hit depths, and then, like, it'll, it'll do everything for you there. And especially the way John squats being super upright and he's got a lot of like four, it's like a lot of four knee travel, not too much hip hinge. Um, anything that you add to his knees is going to just propel his squat uh, a shit ton. So. That's right. I didn't even think about that. The way you squat is going to be how much you get out of those wraps. So John's really looking at, he could get a lot out of these wraps possibly. I, if, if he hit, um, 
like I got like when I I did the LA Fit Expo in 2014, and I got like 70 pounds out of them. Oh, damn! So I made it, but like if you ask guys that use those those specific reps, they get a ton. But uh, you know, it's just the 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 main limiting factor with those knee reps uh, with someone that squats like John is just going to be finding depth. That's it. So John had actually suggested adding in um, pause squats. I don't want to pause in the reps, but like the the more comfortable he can get in that bottom position, um, the better off he's going to be come me day. Yeah. How often are and, you squatting those bad boys to get used to uh, Right now, once a week, yeah. For once the whole week, session or just like the top end of the like top set? He'll do like a couple heavier sets in them and then um, – He'll do some raw stuff. We don't want to do all reps because then he's, his legs will, like, atrophy. <laughs> so he has to make sure he's hitting. Um, hitting. Uh, his base has to always be, like, you have to have a big raw base. Like, that's why you see a lot of, like, your guys are strong in both. It's because they, they, they keep a big uh, raw base. Um, I have this theory that I have not tested um, because I don't really coach lifters too much in knee wraps um, that if we like you could literally just do singles spread out throughout the week and then just do like add it on top of your regular raw stuff I did coach a guy in Brazil who competed um, equipped and and we did something similar to that you just have to like know your groove and find your groove in the wraps and then the most of your training you want to do it um, like raw, it doesn't really make sense to be doing like, you know, sets of like anything over five, like in wraps, even five is like kind of, you're going to want to wear out your wraps and two, it's like, um, wraps are just another variable. Like he asked me the other day, do you have a wrap roller? Yeah. Like I didn't use a wrap roller. I just used like a guy who pulled 800 for a nice, like, use you, know, you, gotta, you go, you go, you mean for like an entourage member as a wrap roller? <laughs> that's what you get yeah like honestly um i part of the i was lucky enough to have the guy that was going to wrap me on meet day with me like every day that i squatted and wrapped so that was like really lucky i don't know if you're um, going to have that but you can maybe. you can kind of uh, i don't know if you guys have seen those videos of like milana chev with like 17 people in the room like trying to help him get his new wrap on that's what i'm seeing that uh right you do literally six people like there's one guy like holding him down and then another guy holding that guy down what just, what they said the dude that's holding down a dude is holding out a dude that's crazy man production right here that's a production no shit no shit so the, so the raps are coming away and everything else in training is kind of more or less the same or is there going to be some shake-ups you guys going to try some new things with this or um, I think if you guys, if anyone's been following John Cygnus, which I'm sure everybody is, uh, he we we've got the winning formula. Yeah. So we're gonna keep diet, like keep pushing that. And and to be honest, um, uh, I, I don't know if this is gonna come up later, but there's a little funny story about um, like uh, John's prep for IPF Worlds and how like some things didn't really go. Let's hear uh, it, man. Let's hear it. What happened? Uh, all right so i'll start like you could just jump in at any point like so um we're supposed to deload right i think we're supposed to deload yeah. and during that deload week i think you did like 500 for like a thousand ten uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so he does 500 for 10 and i was like all right well, well fuck like, right there goes that, that, was, that that wasn't really part of the deal but whatever and then i think it was like a little bit after um 
You said it was like your SI joint or something, or like your lower back on the right yeah, side? Yeah, my like hip was, my right hip was like rotated a little bit forward, so it was kind of giving me some pain in the lower back area. And this was like, this was like, so basically you couldn't pull. That was like eight weeks out when that when that happened. Yeah. Um, but we did. But it was it was just like a lingering thing. Yeah. And we didn't really get to like we didn't. You didn't really train deads <laughs> like going uh, into worlds. Three deadlift workouts leading into worlds. Yeah. Oh so, shit. So and, and and some of those days were just kind of like go in hit what you can on squat like yeah. work up to like six and then that's all he can handle. But yeah. he it's better to like he's kind of he's kind of in a weird scenario. Um. When you're at Worlds, like, this is a world championship. If it's a local meet, you could just say, oh, I'll just scrap this meet and do another one. Yeah. It's different when you're doing Worlds. Like, you oh. you got to find a way. So, so and the hype, just, man, the hype around this one in particular, like, this was the one everybody was all over, man. I think it was yeah. the most uh, viewed yeah. session at IPF Worlds. Yeah. Like, Ray. Maybe, oh, maybe. <laughs> maybe only raise, yeah, yeah, yeah. But beyond that, yeah, but, yeah, for sure. But, but the hype beyond it uh, with with you and Gibbs was way it, beyond. It was, I mean, yeah. people people were talking about that months leading into that. Like, like Ray, people watched Ray's session. With all due respect, to all everyone who's going against Ray, they're watching Ray's session, see what Ray was going to do. This this was the biggest showdown by far. I don't know if we've had just because the sport is growing like crazy, it's international with social media. In this era, which is the biggest era for powerlifting in terms of participation and reach, this is probably the biggest showdown we've seen, man. It was hype. Yeah. It was hype. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's hold, hold that point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, so, so basically the point of, point of the story is, you know, with dealing with, like, a, an injury and, and, you know, not even being able to train uh, the way that we want, John was able to become world champion. And I think there are... Um, I think like me going through a similar situ- situation, uh, like I literally went through the same thing leading into the Arnold uh, or last year, where I literally I just pulled for three weeks. Like I did say I did like five singles, and then I did three singles, and then I did one single, and then that was all I could do. And then I remember writing the email to John like, "You gotta hit this like exactly how it is, and if you can hit this how it is, I pro- like me did we're gonna be fine." And everything worked out um you know that session was definitely probably this is like something that i don't really hear coaches talk about too much and it's like for me to have been there to be in that that is like an extremely so you guys are saying it was hyped up right there yeah. was a ton of pressure on everybody involved like yeah. all eyes on you, you, you who's gonna look at look what happened to ronda rousey when yeah. she lost her. i was just thinking <laughs> like, and you know there's like a lot of pressure on us going into that meet but like Um, like I know John very well like like I had no doubts in my mind like even weeks before like like we had the plan we're gonna go and we're gonna execute that plan there were some uh, so like I got to be there to help John but uh, I had to go through the USA like the team head coach and we have like a little bit of uh, like discrepancy on like attempts because he's cutting he cuts like seven pounds every me pretty much and um we they were like oh well if he's cutting then we should probably adjust the numbers and I was like look trust me like we've been through this like I got like we yeah. we don't want to yeah. change these numbers like we're gonna need everything we have against Gibbs because Gibbs's training was like I, I thought the dude was gonna hit like six sixty four seventy like yeah. seven twenty no shit yeah. and and um you know that 
that me was different there, there was like tension in the room like that me was just so much energy it was like the most uh, one of the most electrifying sessions I've, I've I mean, Owen Hubbard was definitely the most electric. Yeah, well, that guy's, yeah, like, yeah. insane. Yeah, he had him in the mix. I actually didn't get to see him too much because I was, like, so busy. Well, Weren't you telling me about uh, him, like, getting hyped for, like, deadlifts? He was, like, singing what the body's about. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I couldn't avoid that. Like, we're we're, go, we're trying to go go out to, to, to Poland. Um, so Hubbard was just singing, singing to himself, and it was kind of, like... Like after John hit his third squat, then it was kind of like, all right, we have the momentum. He started to open up. We started to to, to feel a little bit more relaxed, and then um, you know, then then the momentum kind of went to Gibbs. Like Gibbs hit that big bench, and we're like, okay, like he's within range. And I'm thinking in my mind, like, okay, what are we gonna hit? And um, you know, it was a fast meet. It was fast. Like yeah. he was, this guy gave everything. Like he had nothing left, and uh, he he put it all out there and. Um, I was a little like somewhat worried because I I saw Gibbs like he locked out 727 at the Arnold but he couldn't hold it. Yeah, he locked out though. So so for, for making him go for 722 is like it's uh, there. It was that. It was close. You know, shit. It, he, he he might get it, and I was <laughs> I just remember thinking like we gave everything. We did everything that we could. We dealt with <laughs> adversity. We came here. You know, we did everything that we could. Like I am regardless of the result. Like, there's nothing more we could have done. Like, yeah. that's what you want at the end of the day. You want to know that on meet day, when you're in that scenario, this is a very extreme scenario. You always hear people talk about balance. Um, this is a world IPF world championship. This is this is this type of showdown is exactly what the sport needs to grow, to get more attention, yeah. to to you know just become to evolve to get bigger. That that's what people want to see. Um, and and I think even when I try to like create that with other lifters, like. Yeah. Everybody's so like, oh, I don't want, I don't want confrontation. I don't want, you know, I don't want to create. It's just like a friendly rivalry. Yeah. You know, if you had like, you know, two, I'm going to just drop names. If you have like Bryce Lewis and Screamer, actually Screamer, he called out Bryce. He said, you know, I'd love to go head to head at Bryce at the Arnold. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's what we need, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, Fuck yeah. So I mentioned it. And they're just like, oh, oh, well, we just want it to be a friendly thing. And it's like, ah, oh, like, <laughs> like, like, hey, man, you guys are, try I'm trying to create, like, like, why well, I think the WWE is so successful. They yeah, have yeah. These, these rivalries, right? And, and even, um, if, even if behind the scenes you're like, look, man, it's all just, just talk to hype it up. No, no, nothing personal about it. Like, you had met um, Gibbs beforehand. And I'm sure you guys were cool, but did you guys? You guys were both kind of hyping it up on your Instagrams and shit. You had the pictures squared off like fighters. Yeah, and that's, what we needed. that's so, honestly what what we needed. Were you guys um, both on the same page with that, or was was there a little bit of tension? Because you're on different sides of the world. He had JP. No, you I, had Flex. Two hype hyped up coaches. Like it was big, man. I don't think there was too much like hype from us, other than that picture. We were just kind of like, oh, let's buy into it. It was more like our fans or like people on the internet just being like oh heck versus Gibbs this is gonna be crazy like yeah, we, yeah. we and we were like well let's you know put on a show well it was well, it was like, funny watching like like you, if, if you post if you posted something or Gibbs posted something people were instantly like tagging you guys on it to show you the other guys and compare it like you guys weren't seeing it anyways but it was it was yeah, pretty yeah, interesting yeah. to watch and we yeah, yeah I can't lie too as the as the uh um running like the the IPF at times the Instagram account 
I'd post you guys side by side doing your squats and shit, knowing I knew, like, if I seen you had done some squats around the same ranges as he did, I'm like, I'm gonna post this shit side by side, help life it up. Same with, like, our squat champs accounts. That was dope, man. That was dope. I actually, I, lo- I love that stuff. Like, I'm, uh, I think, um, even even with guys in, in my class, we create these, like, little, like, fun rivalries for us, because it's fun, and, and it's, uh, I think, you know, John is doing the U.S. Open. This is going to lead it, transition into kind of another topic that I think is a, I think it's a really big topic, and 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 I hope that uh, one day, you know, maybe the higher ups in the IPF can can hear this, and and uh, and and I don't even know who who's up there, but if they if they listen to to the consensus, but one one of the you know, so John's doing the U.S. Open, which is obviously it's not a IPF, it's not an IPF competition. Um, if he, if you, if he is the highest Wilkes uh, lightweight, so that's like 181 and below, yeah. the first place prize is forty thousand dollars. Forty thousand dollars. Okay, so, so to lift, to lift weights, right? So, so <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Put so respect. So, so pause right there. So John, so John's doing the US Open. What's his incentive? Well, there's a very big incentive. Even if he doesn't win, they still give away like I think it's like two thousand and thousand or a thousand and something, right? Regardless, John being, you know. The, he he can say that he's the best in the IPF. If he doesn't want it because he's too humble, I'm gonna say it. He is the best, uh, you know, lightweight lifter in the IPF. Obviously, if you look at the world score and everything, he is the world champion. He's done all that he needs to do in the IPF. Um, you know, in the IPF now it's it, it, world is in Belarus. Belarus yeah. is in like Russia. It's like a bazillion, bajillion dollars to go over. There's like two grand at least, you know, and, and and it's not it's not easy to get there from the airport. It's like a yeah. hassle, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's just not very inviting. And I think if the IPF could, I don't know what it would take for this to happen. I don't know if they need more financial backing from bigger sponsors or what. But if they could, you know, support their top lifters, um, so that the so that IPF Worlds could be more about representing your country and competing against the best in the world, versus like, oh well, it, it, I'll go if it's a convenience because <laughs> yeah. because of the cost. You know the IPF as of right now, I don't, I don't think they offer any kind of like large financial compensation for, um, for their. I don't know if other countries do this, but I know in the USAPL, like you got to find a way to get there and, and, and do it on your own, and that's and you, you know it's kind of unfortunate. And and to the big sponsors out there, you know, I don't understand why they they didn't see like oh like Hacking Gibbs was like the most viewed like session. Um, I would like I need to make this happen and put my logo all over it. You know what I mean? Like why? Yeah. Like what if what if like Slingshot was like, all right, like we want you two to for this to happen for sure. We're gonna send you guys a bunch of gear and and you guys are gonna hashtag us whatever in your training like leading up to the meet. And then maybe they cut a deal with the IPF so like when you're doing the broadcast, they'll have their logo in the corner or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, that could have been an opportunity, but at the same time, it's like. If we go to that YouTube video right now, how many views does this got? Like 20,000 plus maybe, maybe more? No, I have man. no idea. Maybe, it was 30,000 like that day. But maybe, 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 you know, if you take like 5% of all those people that actually buy the product, is that worth it for them to put up the money to get them there? I don't know. I just think the IPF has, has a chance to do something that no other fed They have everything that they need. They have the, they have the international support, whatever. We just have to start... You know, supporting your lifters, support your superstars. You know, and 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 
like take the sport to the next level you know if if one day hopefully in my lifetime um i can see the powerlifting make it into the olympics and i think that obviously it would have to be drug-free powerlifting like the olympics is big on that yeah yeah. Uh, and so imagine imagine powerlifting got in the olympics and john goes and then like nike wants to pick up powerlifting and say hey we're gonna deck you guys out and all nike you know what i mean (laughs) that you're set you know what i mean that they're gonna pay you like like a lot of Olympic athletes make their income from just sponsors. You know they don't even they don't even need to do anything else but focus on their training and marketing the the company. So I don't know. I just hope. Uh, so we're talking about big money, and um, so we're talking about U.S. Open right now. And yeah, there's 40k for best lifter. I think there's 10k win your division, 5k second place, and that's just second. And John's definitely got to be a favorite to win his division and possibly best lifter. So if there's that much cake on the table, and you're talking about how like you like to handle John, you know you know John well, is that added pressure? Man, that's 40K. Is that added um, pressure I, for you? I, I, don't, mean, like, I honestly, um, I don't know if it's just because I've competed in various things my entire life, but it doesn't really bother me. Like I'm, I, I live for those, I love those situations. I love being in those, in those like very high, high like stress situations. Because that's going to bring out the best in me. Like, there's two types of people. There's been, I've seen very, very strong lifters be in those tough situations and just they can't handle it. And, and some of them have been very open about that. And then you have guys like, part, all right, that IPF World Championship was as much a mental game as it was who was the strongest lifter. John was cool. John just went in. He did what he was supposed to do. This guy's like, a, I, I, I say he's like a fucking Terminator. He's just, <laughs> he's just like... I'm coming to execute the plan, and I don't care about anything else. It's not going to stop me. That's the same way we need to be. You know, John is a what, – what helps me do my part as a coach also is John is a very consistent lifter. His lifting is very consistent. We haven't messed with this technique at all except maybe bench we play with grips. Um, and and the, the everything – like you, you limit all the variables. There's like very few, few things I need to worry about. Obviously, like – you know, I've I started off in USPA. Fun fact for those who didn't know, and then I moved over to the USAPL, and it's been an awesome experience. Um, they they run good meets, like they're very strict. You have to hit depth. You know, they they're gonna call you if you don't walk out and stuff like that. And um, pauses are longer than what most people might be used to. So similar, very similar strict judging. John's used to that environment. You know, he's he's competed at the highest level many many times. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's just the way I see it, it's like, I get to say, if John wins, I get to say, regardless, it's like, yeah, I've, I've coached, uh, like, lifters at high, the highest level, both drug-free and, you know, with $40,000 on the line. So it's, it's uh, to me, it's, I feel very comfortable in that environment. I'm not really too worried, but I would like to hear what John I was about to say, what about you, my man? How do you feel about Because at least, at least the, uh, the build-up with Gibbs, if anybody's gonna be used to deal with pressure, fuck man, you had the biggest buildup I've seen. You think yeah. that helps? I'm excited for the pressure because um, I feel it brings the best out of me. Like going into yeah. Worlds, I remember I think I was I hit like a 600 squat at Nationals, <laughs> and then like two months later I see Gibbs hit like a, a 660, and I was like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> oh shit! I set my squat game up and yeah. Uh, Opinion, you know, six fifty six or whatever at Worlds, so yeah. definitely, definitely yeah. brings the best out of me to have pressure and you yeah. know, being like a guy like 
Ben Pollock's pulling like 800. It makes me think, wow, I gotta gotta step up my my deadlift game now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so before the IPF Worlds, like the night before, how like honestly, because that shit that shit was crazy. Everybody was watching. I told the dude. Uh, Martin Fleck, who was uh, with me doing the commentary, I was like, listen to me, my man. This is our Ali, Fla- our Ali Frazier. This is our Tyson Holyfield. It's going down right now, right? And, uh, and the hype leading up to it, the night before, like, could you sleep? Could you eat? How does that shit hit you? Uh, well, I was cutting, so I couldn't really eat that much, but... Uh, <laughs> That's right. You yeah, <laughs> Actually, it was really nice, because a lot of the times I do have problem with Problems falling asleep before me, but luckily the meet was our session was at like four, mm-hmm. so no matter what, I was gonna be able to get like eight hours of sleep. Yeah, so that yeah, yeah. Um, he, he uh, so the day before, um, I so at IPF Worlds, I was like co- coaching with the juniors, helping with the juniors, uh, and then I had like a day in between. And I just, like, I remember I was with you, and I was just like, you got to eat. Like, you got to do this. Like, have you eaten? Have you, you know, just making sure that he's good. And and I, like, I mean, obviously I can't do this with every lifter, but if I can be with the lifter a little bit the day before, just kind of, like, it's like you're becoming, like, a cohesive cohesive unit. You know, we're both getting our minds right. We're both going to be in that, you know, very, you know, tense situation. I think you went in and you were watching uh, one movie like over and over. Ah, <laughs> uh, Miracle. Miracle. So he oh, was watching. shit. Now everyone's going to be watching that before their fucking meets. <laughs> yeah. Miracle on Space Jam. He was in, he was in, uh, a, a, you know, a little bit earlier than everybody else just getting ready for the day before. And, um, uh, you know, I was just like ready to go. Like, I'm ready like to get this done. I'm ready to do, you know, do what we came to do. And, uh, you know, John... He did what he, he did everything I could have asked. I remember um, he, you were underweight, a little bit underweight, and then we got to eat a Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> Twinkies actually, this is this is like what I use, and I actually like picked this up uh, from him. So so a Twinkie is what is it? It's small. It's very physically light, but yeah. it's got a lot of carbs. A yeah, lot of carbs. Yeah, yeah. So if he can, if he can, you're kind of. You, you want to start adding things back in aside from the water because water is heavy. Mm-hmm. So if we can like blunt that hunger and get something in a system, uh, you know, a couple hours before weighing, that why not? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. uh, although, the, I mean, the only other argument I can really think of is like, oh, well, what about Wilkes? It's like, it, if he would have gotten that last pull, he would have tied you in total and he could have won by body weight. But um that's like such a minor thing and and uh i would rather him be very strong and be able to put more than two and a half to five kilos on the bar than it come down to them tying because he was like yeah. so hungry you know so, uh, the chances of a tie is you might as well go in strong because the odds exactly. are you're going to need to be strong right speaking exactly. speaking, so, of, speaking um, of the speaking of the weight how much are you cutting for the u.s Open? yeah how big how big are you planning on getting for the u.s Open? i'd like to be around like 194 think i mean i know at raw U- the first my second meet i did was raw UD, and it's kind of funny because i was, was about 184 around then and the weight class is 181 and uh i remember i was hanging out after weigh-ins and a bunch of like the 181 guys were like oh how's your weight i was like yeah it's fine like it, it, it really, <laughs> i didn't really this. and uh, they were like what like how much did you cut? It was like two pounds. And two pounds? <laughs> shit. They're like, oh, man, I'm like, so up, like two pounds. 
And I was like, holy, like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, for those that don't know, the USPA uses 24-hour weigh-ins, so we can essentially do the same cut uh, that we normally do. I'm going to usually, like, I'm very general with John. I'll be like, okay, you know, give him the plan, but I have, like, an actual written plan that's, uh, I don't know if anybody follows me that's watching this. I'm just some guy that helps this guy. Uh, but I've cut consistently seven kilos every meet, which may seem like a lot. I weigh like 240 pounds plus. So it's not that it's not that that hard for me, but you can use it. I've done this many, many times with many lighter lifters. Ryan, you've actually um, done right. something similar. That's right. Uh, I, I believe that there was some variable in there that I don't know. It could have been sodium or something because – Usually when you get to the sweating part, it's just it just comes off. It just comes off if you've primed everything before. Um, so we're going to use that same plan. Plus, we get 24 hours. So mm -hmm. John can sauna more if he needs to. Um, basically, uh, there's there's it's not nearly as hard as a two-hour win, so he oh, can yeah. definitely pull it off. It'll allow him to get, I mean, once you reach a certain point, um, unless you're, like, taking time out of the year, to bulk up and then cut down and then bulk up again, uh, you know you got to get bigger or smaller to put to fit to improve your wealth, mm -hmm. and that's what it's going to come down to. And um, John is a pretty advanced lifter, and and manipulating his body weight is going to be like very potent. Um, uh, but obviously, you know, and 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 the training I'm about to throw at him if he's eating. It's just every he's just gonna build. He's just yeah, gonna get, it's a lot easier, get better. And he's lean, so he's gonna have that you know that nutrient partitioning. So he's just gonna be. He's not gonna gain too much fat, um, if any. And 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 we're just gonna push this guy uh, as much as we can, keeping him in one piece. Make sure you know, like I said on me day, if you've done if you've done everything that you could have and you have no regrets, regardless of the result, you can live with that. Yeah, it is. But what it is. it's gonna be fucking salty if you. You know, I'm sorry. I don't know if I could cuss, but <laughs> Dude, I've been swearing this whole time. <laughs> um, you, if you if you lose that forty thousand dollars by a very small amount, and you're like, man, maybe I, maybe I I shouldn't have maybe I shouldn't have gone out those nights, or maybe I shouldn't have drank so much, or maybe I should have eaten, or maybe I should have trained harder. You know, like then that's gonna that's gonna bother you. So um, who knows? Uh, I hope that this meet goes well. I hope John gets through it in one piece. And um, he might be able to, if it goes well, and regardless of the result, maybe he'll do it again next year. And, and who knows when he'll be back to to doing, you know, an IPF uh, competition. So, um, in terms of... I'll give him both. In terms of... Couple, couple things that uh, somewhat you touched up on. Uh, that one hit eight. You were saying, um, like in terms of drinking and eating, I was going to ask John and yourself actually. Do you guys four weeks up to a meet, no alcohol? You have something like that. B, IPF. Are you worried about me possibly not being able to come back for a year or so? You're young as hell, so that's not exactly too serious. I mean, you'll be back in time. And then there was another one in there. Oh, uh, if there's forty k on the table. Is it going to start being like, yo, I want 10% if I'm going to make you... <laughs> is, does the price go up? <laughs> All right, so we'll start with the first one. Well, the first question was... Um, drinking. That's right. Drinking, yeah, so I'll let him... Where do the boost off the legs? 
So I'll just get my part out real quick, and then John could go go in on his. And he has like a very balanced approach. But um, I just don't drink. Um, uh, I've had like some people in my family in the past that have had issues uh, with alcohol. So just for me, it's like a big thing just to like stay, you know, as healthy as I can. I'm not uh, like I'm I'm, you know, 17, 90 kg total is not bad. But I'm not I'm not a John Hack. I don't have crazy crazy genetics so i need every little advantage i can get so i just if it doesn't help me and i don't really you know need any any social uh uh satisfaction from it then i just i just don't do it um but john i'm gonna let you go ahead and share what you do with your um for drinking me personally i cut it completely out it was 12 weeks out sometimes more i think this one it's gonna be like 16 weeks just oh dang sure um and then after a meet i need to take like a week or two where it's a little bit like, all right, I can relax a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, usually, usually keep it at a minimum if I can. Yeah, I think yeah. You guys believe in that? You, you know, you know, like the Rocky uh, Mickey tells Rocky, "Women weaken legs." You believe? You think that shit's true or what? <laughs> no, I can, I can, I can promise, I can attest that uh, firsthand that that is not a that is not a concern that anybody should be worried about. As a matter of fact, it can help, it can help get your hips loose before. Oh, yeah, is that right? So, is that right? Yeah. Well, I'm shit out of luck then. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, it didn't really work out for less. Well, hey, right, there's a story there. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> No shit. So what about uh, any other question? Oh, in terms of the IPF thing, are you worried at all about that? Like, do you know? Have you researched if there is repercussions? Like, if you lift against a lifter who's previously suspended, isn't that the one? Is the Ed I'll I'll start, and then John can tell you um, what what happened with him. So there are rules that I've dealt had to deal with. Many time and time again, I've had lifters compete um, in the LA Fit Expo. Where obviously, I think last year there were a couple guys who were currently they like they've competed in the IPF. They got in trouble for something while they were serving their suspension. I had a I had a lifter competing. Um, so technically, that lifter the rule is if you it's not like it's such a such a like broad rule, but it's like if you compete with someone who is currently serving their suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just in general, then you're going to be suspended at, from that date for one year. Then the second part to that rule, um, uh, if you're, if you can't do like an invitational that is it from another federation or an international from another federation, obviously oh, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah. this is an invitational. So that's kind of, uh, kind of inhibiting. There are, there are rules also against competing. For example, let's say. John competes at the at the U.S. Open, and all the lifters are clean. But there's a coach that is like technically like he's an official coach, and he's uh, you know serving. It's Ed Cohn. Let's say it's Ed Cohn, right? Lifetime ban, right? Yeah. John could get it. Well, even not even if it's a lifter, just if it's a coach. So um, there is a rule in there about about coaching, um, but I don't know like how much they're going to look into it or or if anybody is even going to look into it tell them tell them about like rum oh so i did rum in 2016 in february um which is uh was was there any international lifters there 
Yeah, that's uh, Jane Aaron, Kate Weber, Canadian boys. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Canadian boys, yeah. So, you have inter- so it's an international uh, competition. So that the, is not IBF. Yeah, so from that day, had a 12 month ban. I uh, did nationals 2015. That was in October. And then, so my, my band would have been up February 2016, but I was still able to do Worlds that year, even though, so my band lifted before Worlds. Yeah, but, yeah. But, yeah, so this year, once I, like, it came out that I was doing the USPA, US Open, uh, they, they told me, oh, you can't, you're gonna be banned for two years, basically, because- He was actually contacted, um, well, did the email the email said one one year, right? Yeah, they never said anything about twenty eighteen. So the the reason why we think it might be it could potentially be twenty eighteen worlds, which is in Canada where you're at. No shit, that's right. Be, oh, yeah, yeah. Be, might actually come to your national. Honestly, I might come. Oh, really? it's, it's, yeah, it's the week. I have a couple guys doing it, and it's the week after the Arnold. But uh, I just need to, you know, check some things to see if I can make it. But um, uh. So, so at the time that they pick the lifters, uh, if you're current, like, like they can't pick you if you're current, if you're serving your suspension, right? Which, mm-hmm. which, like, I don't even know how like stringent they are on that. I don't even know if that's a real rule, but yeah, I've never seen so, that. But I was, t- but in regards to the Arnold, that's what the information that was given to me in regards to the Arnold. The Arnold is an IPF meet. Mm-hmm. Um, it may have different rules than IPF worlds, so I don't know if it goes by you know date of competition or the selection date. Um, so I'm hoping what I would like really like to do the perfect world, right? John wins U.S. Open, and then we get to do nationals, and then he gets to do 2018 worlds, and then we we might have a, a, a Gibbs versus Hack part two, or Gibbs maybe moves up to 93, and John might have a new adversary. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be. Maybe Josh Hancock moves up. <laughs> so who knows? Um, that would be uh, that would be ideal. That would be you know I'd be perfectly cool with that. And and I don't even know. Would you be? Would that what you want to do? Or would that be nicer? Maybe kind of play it by ear right now. We'll see. Yeah. Because the thing is, that's like if U.S. Open. And and also you know like I said earlier, if the U.S. Open is great and and John enjoys himself and it's and it's well ran. You might be back. Yeah, yeah that's then, the thing. If it's forty k every damn year, it'd be hard to say no yeah. the next <laughs> one, right? Like, so. No, but that money is gonna attract. Like, I mean, obviously, uh, John's drug free, so there's only so much he can do um, to get stronger. Whereas, like, some other guys might be willing to really put their health on the line in order to try to win that. Oh, they're going granted, a lot. Yeah, and yeah. Gra- granted. Um, uh, it's I don't know, man. People are sacrificed to win, right? Do whatever it takes. So who, who I don't know, man. We'll 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 have to see what yeah. Who, what kind of uh, freaks that money brings out of the the who, woodwork? Who you guys think is going to be the main guys you got to look at at the U.S. Open? Is Jesse Norris doing this one? No, no. Who he's you not. Guys he's not. About that? Jesse Norris will not be competing um, until until his uh, shoulder is better and he is one hundred percent. And for those who are wondering, because I get asked this all the time, I do not coach Jesse uh, like I do with John. I just, you know, before meets, I, we talk, we touch base, make sure things are kind of generally moving in, in one direction and making sure that um, we come up with, you know, the plan and on meet day, we're on the same page so that when meet day comes, like, 
we just like I don't even need to talk to him. Like we just know what to do. Like based on what happens, we're just moving. So, um, yeah, Jesse Jesse is 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 not doing that for a little while. But uh, so so who are you guys looking at for U.S. Open if Jesse's off the table? Who do you um, think? Jesse would have been in the in the heavyweight, believe it or not. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you guys are so close. Jesse wouldn't even cut, even if twenty four hours, eh? He just doesn't he's, like he's very lean. Yeah. He's very lean, and he's like 200 pounds, so that'd be... Yeah. And he's drug-free also, so that'd yeah. be rough to do, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you, who do you think is the... Um, I mean, I was looking at the roster last night, and basically everyone on that list, I was like, oh, <laughs> he's going to be tough. He's going to be tough. Yeah. Uh, like, he could come out of nowhere. But, yeah, I'd say maybe... Ben Pollock, it's probably the guy I'm, I think. Has if he the, can hit that, yeah, he will be, he will be a, uh, he will be, a, you know, difficult to deal with. He's got a very big squat. I mean, Anthony Pollock has the highest total going into it, so which is what nineteen hundred, I think. What was this? This is the last one he did. Yeah, I think a few weeks ago. It might even be oh, more. Oh, so he did recent. Okay. It might even be more. Now, Ben's so, huge. Though. Ben's this, like, this is for best lifter you guys are talking about. Like, he's not going to make yeah, 181, like is he? Like 165s that are, have a chance to. Um, Cal Call, and I don't know if that's how you say his name. But uh, Mika Moreno. Yeah. Uh, all, all in. Do you, do you know like what kind of welts Malik. we're looking at? Yeah. Probably close to six. Close to six, huh? Well, with the wraps. And that deadlift bar, we're gonna, we're gonna, it'll be a fun meet regardless. Um, just no injuries is what, it, and and John coming in and out of it. You know, he's gonna perform at 100%. He's not gonna be hurt. That's what I want. Um, if if we win, if if he wins or our places high, which I totally think, like he can do. Like obviously we're gonna try to win. That is an incredible accomplishment for for you know. I don't know any guys that are like drug free going in there trying to that are a threat to the top guys and yeah. it's so it's it's just very um, it's the next natural step for him you know what I mean like this is the next level up um, this is probably going to be the most competitive this will be the most competitive meet the USPA has ever had so I can I can definitely say that. Is it is this more nerve wracking than the world's IPF? You think in terms of competition, it's uh, um, not to me. No, world's like I would say pretty similar. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't say it's more or less. I, I don't know. It doesn't really get into my head that much because that's good. And that's that's kind of a, an aspect, like a mentality that uh, that um, John has that I can't teach someone. Um, it, it, you just, that, that whole, like, kind of a, t it's almost like a tunnel vision. Um, we just focus, executing the plan and doing what you need to do. And all I can think is, like, if I go into it, go do the best I can, like, there's nothing I can really do. I can't control what, you know, drugs these guys are on. I can't yeah. make excuses over that. that yeah. And the rules to take it, so, you know, it's yeah, not yeah. really. And, and, um, I don't know. Let's just say that John has the potential for sponsorship opportunities that are far greater than anything any powerlifter has ever seen. And in order to um, 
in order to do that, he would have to stay drug free. And I'll just keep it kind of vague, but but uh, definitely there could be some potential big opportunities coming up in the future for oh, John. Shit. And and we just need to keep pushing. You're teasing us need- now. Is it Nike? Just let me know if it's Nike. Because fuck me if it's Nike. Yeah, <laughs> he switched over to CrossFit and he's Nike. But, but, but doing, but doing, you know, uh, podcasts like this and just trying to promote, promote, you know, like drug-free powerlifting as much as we can, and and put powerlifting in front of those, those, you know, big companies. Like, who knows? Um, and. and it just it just makes sense. Like there, how many sports are in the Olympics that are like, what is this? <laughs> like there's race walking, man. Race yeah. walking. I'm I'm hey, we laugh. I'm trying out. Me and Randy are gonna be fucking synchronized race walking for the next Olympics. <laughs> Fuck it, let's try it. No, I know. Yeah, piloting for sure. Good. You. The thing is though, and um, I think it was actually Brett Gibbs who said, if powerlifting goes in the Olympics, he was worried that like I guess. I think Juggernaut was just saying, I think 11 titleists from Olympic weightlifting over the last two, three Olympics got their medals taken away. And um, so, because once it's Olympics and heavy sponsorship, shit gets dirty, right? And um, I think one dude was in eighth place and then he got bumped up to third, like, because all the other guys ahead of him. And then that guy, the next Olympics, failed his drug test. Um, <laughs> no, no lie, man, no lie. So there's the good and bad, but yeah. That's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think uh, in the IPF, there's a, like it's a lot cleaner than what people like to say. Uh, there's there's that whole like, I, this is like very cliche. There's whole like, hate us because they ain't us thing. Um, we don't like. I'm gonna be a fan of like clean lifting anywhere. It doesn't have to be necessarily in the IPF. If you you know, even if you choose to use steroids, that's your choice. And I have, you know, I don't really have a problem with that. Just don't cheat. Yeah. That's it. Just yeah. don't. Uh, don't cheat. That's it. Don't, yeah. don't. If it's against the rules and, and, um, and, and there's so many different viewpoints on that. Some people say, well, if it's not cheating, if you don't get caught and, and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that. But um, I know John has like, you know, he, he, you didn't start out like in a drug free environment. Like you started out, you know, like competing in whatever fed he could compete in which yeah. you know it, it, I feel like I feel like in the Midwest it's like a lot more USPA than than uh, no there's not USPA in Wisconsin really yeah that's interesting I guess it'd be like more like UPA would be the UPA See, we don't even like I, I don't even know what UPA stands for I <laughs> don't <laughs> <laughs> so but but you know I, I mean um there's a fine line between, uh, you know, something that you do because you like it, it's enjoyable and it's fun, and you don't, and you're just having fun versus like, all right, there's money on the line, I want to win. Um, so that's where you're that's, at now too. That's where you're at now. The money is on the line. Now you went pro. <laughs> but it, but but that's like Olympics is like the opportunity to lift in the Olympics. I think is worth more than forty thousand dollars. Oh, I would hope so. There's the one dude from Iran. And another, this is Razazadeh, who's like the heavyweight champ. He offered ten million dollars to leave Iran and join this other uh, nation to represent them in the Olympics. He said no. Ten mil, man. So who knows? John's young as shit. If we go to the Olympics, powerlifting goes to the Olympics. 
Fuck, man. All I'm saying he is... Could, he, could get a, he could get, like, a super legit sponsor and... Uh, it could just do it could just do great things. That's the thing, and and I believe Gaston Parage, who's the yeah. IPF president, Overlord, we call him the IPF Overlord. Uh, he he said in a it was some meet in Europe, and they interviewed him, and he said, "What we need to do to propel the sport forward is to is to highlight our superstar lifters, um, and and not support cheaters." You know, that's pretty much what he said. He said we need to pretty much just stay as clean as we can. And push, you know, our best lifters um, because I think powerlifting is growing. I mean, it's obviously growing at an alarming rate. Um, I think it's only going to continue to to keep growing, and um, it's just a matter of time, in my opinion, before it becomes. Uh, uh, I believe, like in my lifetime, I will see it become part of the Olympics, and then that's just going to. There'll be like three Jesse Norris's. There'll be like five John Hags. There'll be like yeah. multiple Williams. Yeah. You know, and that's believe it or not, some people have told me they don't want that to happen because they because then they're going to become irrelevant. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, why would you not want? Why would you not want to push the the sport? And and um, I don't know. What do you? Would you? You want to live in the Olympics someday? Yeah, that that would be cool. But I mean, I don't know if I see that happening, especially with all the like you said, all the. Uh, Olympic lifters getting busted, I think that kind of paints a, a bad light on yeah. apology is pretty related to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the committee might be a little hesitant to add another lifting sport to the to the mix. So and then we'll see. Was, yeah. Well, I think yeah. they've made some strides in the last few years, but you know, it's definitely a long I wonder still. if they did a like a market research uh, you know, study or whatever, like just asking the general population what they thought about um, you know, just put them in front of like a Ray Williams squat and then just have them like put their thoughts on paper. Like how would the general public perceive that and and that is that answer something that the Olympic Committee um, supports or wants associated with their organization. So um, I mean, I'll just, just, this is just me. And in terms of what happened with the Hack Gibbs showdown, the hype that was going on, how entertaining. That shit lasted like three hours. Now, I was at the edge of my seat calling it. I don't know if you guys probably seen the YouTube afters. My voice was, we were yelling, hooting, everybody's standing up. Tell me, I, I, tell me water polo's getting that. Tell me fucking <laughs> synchronized swimming's getting that. You know what I'm saying? You got a good point. Race walking doesn't have those rivalries, man. It just doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. And um, especially, you know, social media has changed the game. It's helped just like Gibbs. Gibbs had a big, has a big social media. John has a has now has a bigger social media. And just getting getting that, uh, putting it out there, creating that, you know, little rivalry and and seeing, you know, you have two guys like very similarly matched and and they're both um it's kind of it's kind of like a nice little uh dynamic between them because you have john who's like he's like five nine and a half we'll give him that and he's like <laughs> you crazy, fight for those hats <laughs> very lean he's very lean he's not like a typical power lifter build and then you have gibbs who's like more shorter he's stockier um you know lower to the ground better center of gravity all that stuff and 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 the fact that i mean i'm i'm like super impressed by this guy that he's able to put up what he puts up being the body type that he is, you know, and and um, it's just—I mean, to me, it's very impressive. So, um, but I, 
I guess I've become kind of numb. Uh, you know, I, working with John, like when other people send me stuff, they're like, oh my God, look at this list. And I'm just like, do you know who like I work with? Like, this is... <laughs> it's hard <laughs> I mean, to get John, excited. John's like, obviously, uh, very up there, you know, not to take anything away from anybody else, but um, I think it helps me also just like when the, the less emotion I can put into like a rational decision, the more clearly I'll be able to think. So if I'm like over here, like, oh my God, you know, starstruck about something, then it's going to obviously like um, it possibly cloud my... my uh, you know, that's that's you know. interesting that you say that. Me and Randy were talking. Um, in terms of like, you know, when you get emotionally attached, it you know, it's easier to be detached. But for yourself, because you compete, um, and you're, you're in the nationals, you're in the prime time, you're going to these nationals as well. Um, do you coach yourself? Do you program yourself? Or do you let someone else grab the wheel? Or uh, how do you do? How do you do that? So I write all my own training. Um, for a long time, I wasn't even writing my training. I just know that where I am based on the timeline, what I need to be doing. So you know, if you know, if I'm 20 days out, I'm doing this. If I'm 40 days out, I'm doing this. Uh, this this year has been like really crazy schedule for me. So I did, um, I did the Arnold and then I did uh, a meet near me in July, like kind of like an experimental meet. Then I did bench nationals, which was fun fact, a three-way tie between first, second and third, but I was the heaviest. So oh, I got third. shitty, man. Uh, <laughs> Tino, right. my girlfriend always points that, points that out to me. <laughs> 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 and, and, and then after, so after that, I had nationals, and those are all like five weeks, five weeks, five weeks from each other. And then I just did a meet um, like two, three weeks ago. I just squatted 650, which is like a crazy milestone for me. Yeah, nice. And, uh, so I started writing my training down just because like they're like my volume of clients is higher is like ridiculously high right now and I need to I need to like just if I could just not think about my own training um, then it helps so I write my own training uh, I do like all my own weight cuts and stuff like that I try to be as objective with myself as possible um, and that is like probably if there's like something you can take away from this like if you're a young lifter or watching this if you could just like you know take a step back and look at yourself from the outside in if you are able to do that, um, that's going to help you just be real with yourself. That's going to help you in all aspects of life, not even just powerlifting. Um, so, you know, it, it's, uh, it's not that hard for me. Like, I've just, I'm just used to it. I've, I've coached myself through many things uh, in life. And, and um, that's the thing, though. Like, not everyone I – know, I know that Mike T coaches himself. And uh, I tease, uh, you know, he's obviously like kind of the, I am in a way a result of those that came before me, as I think we all are. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Everybody, everybody influences on someone, even if it's one way or another. I, there are a lot of things that Mike T has put out that has in, inspired some of the things that I do, but I don't necessarily agree with everything that he does, which is fine. We're all different. We all have to have our, our own little twist on things. Um, but uh, you know, I am. Um, people ask me like, "How do you coach as many people as you do?" And it's like, well, I just like it's just I just I don't even feel like it's work. I just feel like I'm being myself. I just feel like I'm I have the attention to to give uh, to to those people. And um, you know, videoing helps too. Like if you video your lifts and watch your lifts, that helps be objective. And 
And uh, I know, Ryan, you've worked with uh, RPE. You know how it is. Like, you yeah. need to be aware of, of how you are on that day. And, and I think that's auto-regulation, whether it's, like, what phase of training you're doing or what you're doing on each individual day. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to auto-regulate and switch gears uh, you know, is, is a fun fact. And this is going to be like totally against like, you know, what, like right now, like the, the cool thing is like to do lots of volume, right. And volume is very important. And, and there are, everybody has like a different amount of volume that they need to do to progress. My biggest squad I've ever done is 650. Uh, uh, it wasn't that hard. And I only competition squatted once a week, once, one time. I'm not saying everybody needs to do that. I'm just yeah. saying, um, I couldn't handle, I tried to slowly introduce the second day. I just like, it would kill me. Um, I, I did switch from heels to flats and I, that has something to do with it, but I was still doing high bar squats and I was still doing front front squats on separate days, much lighter. So that nice little, you know, I'm hitting all the angles. Um, uh, but I'm only like doing that really tough day once per week competition squat wise. It's kind of opposite of what the whole high frequency squatting at infinity times per week yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. the like everybody like I so many guys come to me saying like oh yeah like I run like small off and like I got strong but I died <laughs> yeah because it's not sustainable <laughs> even if you even if you do it like you're not going to be able to keep those those gains and um, um, just finding you know what works for you it's like every person is like a, a lock and I have all these keys as many people like to point out yeah, and I'm yeah, fine yeah. We follow you I, on Instagram. We see the keys. <laughs> we need to find the right key uh, for that lock. And, and and that lock can also change. The same key may not always work for that for that lock over time. So mm-hmm. that's something it, it might and it might not. But that's just something that, um, uh, you know, coaches like need to be need to be aware of. So with uh, you touched on a couple of things. Me and Randy were discussing previously. Um, Flat shoes for low bar squatters, one thing. And another thing, real quick, I want to toss in, toss into. If you agree, flat shoe for low bar squatters, uh, uh, heel for high bar, because that's some people discussing, as well as um, RPE versus one rep max and partials. Uh, I don't know if people know, you, you don't you do not do partials. You want to no. hit up on those three, those three talking points? And maybe Jack you, or uh, uh, John, you can throw in also how you feel, because you, you, you're a high bar squatter. And if you've ever flirted with the low bar, et cetera. Uh, I'll let him answer that right now. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, when I first started working with him, he, he was kind of like, oh, we should try try low bar. And I was just like, no, it's not for me. I, I said, I think I was like, have you tried it? And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no go. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, well, we're just going to stay high bar then. Yeah, I mean, I gave it. It's like a mid bar. Yeah, I don't even know what <laughs> to call it. My bar. It's like mid bar. Yeah. Got, got a little bit lower too, but uh, yeah, try the low bars, felt very un- uncomfortable. Uh, stuck with high bars, been working pretty well so far, so. Yeah, don't fuck with something that's working, right? That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, you so break you, a world records and. Yeah, what what was your first point, the, well, what was the, it, the, the shoes, um, first off, you said you f- you switch to flat shoes. Is that, yeah. there's talk that you do that if you're low bar as well as RPE versus one rep max um, okay, and, so, and partials. So we'll go over the shoes first. Um, if you are a naturally like very upright squatter and you have very, you know, good like forward knee travel, um, 
you probably don't need the heel at the same time. There are so many different, uh, like we're all different individuals. Are there, I don't know if you guys have seen that picture online of like the hip socket and like one of the yeah. one of the, like you know it goes in this way in the femur and then the other one's like kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know everybody's different and the best advice, sorry, the best advice I can give is uh, just try different stances, try different things, see what feels best. Um, I was doing. Uh, you know, if you if you feel that you have weak legs and you're very strong, like from your hips, like maybe you have a big deadlift, right? Um, and but you have like really weak legs, like you're a strong conventional puller, but your legs suck. Then you might want to try uh, maybe a small heel or just flats um, from a little bit of like a wider stance because you're going to be able to use where you're most powerful, which is your hips. John is very well rounded. Um, he can do either, but he has like gigantic quads so uh obviously if he can use you know if he can just like save his back so using heels accomplishes like many things the first thing is it saves your back for the deadlift and the bench like some people like i feel my back when i bench i don't know if other people do but yeah. Yeah. Um, it saves your back for the deadlift and uh typically the legs like we walk on them all the time they're used to handling like higher volumes so you can probably get away with squatting more frequently uh, in the heels which was the case for me um, the flats is going to be more like obviously more hip hinge, but you might feel like your starting position is going to be very upright because your everything is just centered. Whereas in heels, you're kind of kind of tilted, and you just have to find you know what works best for you. I did I did play with flats a little bit earlier last year, um, but my feet were too narrow, and I kept doing like a good morning. As soon as I widened my stance, my squat shot up like thirty pounds. That's how I knew. That's how I knew like oh like wider stance in the flats versus you know trying to keep that narrow stance uh, is 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 where we're at and um did you have you ever played with flats um like way back in way, the day way back. Up? i guess i never really, i don't think i ever did flats i think i just had like shitty tennis shoes and then <laughs> got only shoes yeah. and then I don't, know. D- don't don't squat in those and in, 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 in i was like i was like Wearing heels because it makes me feel taller. <laughs> <laughs> I wear that shit for groceries and all types of running errands. <laughs> so when you walk up to a you know a a, a a girl in the gym and you tell her your height, that's you know, right. You more legit. Yeah. You, you put that's another inch on there. Yeah, and um, what was the next? Uh, uh, also, so the RPE versus are you? Do you believe in mostly RPE? Do you find because? You see some guys, I mean, it's a double-edged sword, right? If you force in a number, you'll have people trying to hit these numbers when the shit just shouldn't happen. And you're not there if it's online to be like, dude, today's not the day to be going that number. But on the flip side, you kind of touched up on, and we talked before, about uh, RPEs. Like, some people don't flip and stick to their RPEs. You say eight, they go nine. Maybe even ten. You know, so how do you feel about that? I'll let, um, I'm going to, like, go in on that. Like I'm gonna go ham. Oh, but okay, here we go. Let John. I'll let John like give his first. All right. So Wait. he's always giving me like RPEs. Personally, I like to, you know, think of a number like he says like bench RPA for a single. He'd be like, all right, I think I could hit like four fifteen, four twenty at that. I'll like have that in my head, go into the session. If it's there, great. That's if a not, great approach too. If yeah. not, you know, maybe I'll go like four ten. 
So yeah. I kind of have an idea of what I want to hit. You know, like, and I'll look at you know long term. Like, all right, these are my goal numbers for the meet. If I want to hit it, I've got to be hitting like you know 415 this week. Hopefully, like a 420 will be an RP8 next week or whatever. So that's a very like smart way to go about it and i think you know it kind of helps to have like somewhat of a number in your head um there are many many charts out there that can give you like a ballpark range of where you should be at for the day so uh part of the reason why i don't like just giving people set uh, percentages uh one of them is if you don't have it for the day and you go in and you try to just force that number you're like you're not only gonna you might be able to get to other sets but like i just remember like i've I've done it i've dealt with it and it, you're gonna be like you might hit all the sets and reps but you're just grinding 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 yeah. grinding eventually i promise you you're gonna get hurt eventually you're gonna get hurt um and and like if you're gonna give people set percentage then you might want to you're one you're like guessing like no coach is gonna ever be able to tell you with like 10 like eight weeks in advance oh on this day you're gonna be you're gonna want to hit exactly this percentage. like you know no so you're guessing and you might not be giving them you might be giving them too little or too much um and and one of the reasons why i like rp is it's, it's like your body doesn't care about the number it cares about the stimulus it says all right this weight is a threat to my survival and i need to i need to you know adapt to be able to conquer this weight next time um, so when you have an RPE and most powerlifters, like for the most part, you want to be like RPE is like kind of like the sweet spot, like relative intensity wise. Yeah. So if you're applying that stress, you're applying that stress, you're applying that stress. Like you, it, since it's you're going for that same stress or close to it, you can you can do you know you can train multiple times per week. You can train like very frequently. You can train uh, even if you don't train as frequent. You're gonna. You might be able to go heavier than you would have had. You know, the more more frequent that you're training, and you're not gonna get hurt as much because the weights that are on the bar are always gonna be manageable. Um, obviously, like you don't always want to only do RP8. You want to do. There's times for sixes. There's times for sevens. There's even times for nines. Um, and and what I don't like, I've, I've seen this online, and it's like, oh well, people shouldn't. You know. You can't give certain people RPE, and it's like, well, why not? Like, are they just retarded? Like, teach them. <laughs> like, you can teach them though. Like, yeah. why can't you teach them to learn to learn that? Like, it might take. You know what it is? It's tedious, right? And this is what I do with my lifters. For the first week or two, they have to send me video. They absolutely have to send me video, and we're gonna work on it together to 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 make sure that they are now equipped um, to not only choose better RPEs on their own, but um, like when they're all like I'm not gonna be there all the time. What if they message me and I can't be there that second? You know, like they're the, the more I can empower the lifter the better off they're gonna be when I'm not around when I'm not able to, to answer them right away, whatever um, So, you know, that's like a big a big part of it. So just like they're a bit like being able to train harder um, You know becoming you learn more about yourself too. like you you learn like okay Like this is really where I am for the day or da 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 da. You're gonna have to separate you have to separate your ego. You have to. Like, you cannot. If if you have a big ego, then you might fail a little bit in the beginning with RPE. But only, it's like it's like if you want to learn the ways of the force, you must first humble yourself in order to be imbued, imbued with this power. If you choose, like, if you don't want to, if you just want to, 
If you just want to keep like coming at it head, head on, you know, then one, you're not going to be able to hit what you want to hit. You're going to like kill your own self-esteem and it's just not a good look. Like there have been guys who I don't even coach them, but they, they message me like, Hey man, like I had a bad day in the gym. Like, does this mean my life is over? It's like, no dude, like it's just normal fluctuation in, in yeah. your, in your readiness. So I hope that was a, a good enough answer in regards to that. But, um, what was, what was the next one? Have you ever, uh, in terms of with John, you ever had to pull at John and be like, come on, man, that was not RPE eight. What are you doing? Oh, I think for sure after he hit that 500 for 10. Uh, <laughs> you the shit, dude. <laughs> I just gave him a couple sentences. I'm like, hey, man, like, you know, when we get closer, we just got to be. Sorry, my train partner, Josh, was talking shit about Dude, that. I know. He can hit 500 for more than me, so. That's what worries me is, like, he trains in an environment with a lot of, like, very high testosterone dudes, and they're going to, they're, it's, it's, for him to be able to say, all right, like, I just got to focus right now and block that out is, is, it's another obstacle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah, very yeah. competitive, so it's like. Yeah, I'm gonna beat you at this. Yeah, so that's uh, it, it, it's it's a double-edged sword. And um, for partials, you don't you don't like the partials, and you see people with like bench blocks is big and like a pulling from blocks, etc. So what's your take on that? Uh, John, John could go first. Uh, I kind of like them on bench as like an accessory movement. Like two board press has its place. I would never only do two two board press yeah yeah you know then you're gonna maybe maybe in like gear lifting it might make a lot more sense but yeah uh not really a big fan of them on squat or deadlift just because it's gonna put you in a different position i guess yeah. it does on bench too but not so much as long as you kind of keep that bar path pretty consistent do you pull from blocks often john no i know the last time i have all right, so my whole my whole thing with partials. Um, Ryan's over here. Like, I right, let me just get my lemonade. <laughs> this is vodka, actually. But that's you. Oh, oh <laughs> damn. Um, so the deal with partials is one, it's um, difficult. It's another variable, and it's it's kind of like if I have somebody doing five sets of eight. Uh, I can kind of keep track of that volume for the most part, um, which I don't normally need to do. But if you're adding in like a partial, it's kind of like, how do I, how do I know how much stimulus that I actually gave to the lifter? Um, partials can beat you up. Like I used to pull off blocks, and they that like kicks the shit out of you. Like you're starting from an unnatural like position, so you're stressing you know fibers like in a different way than you normally would, and. If you look at it's like a bodybuilding principle. Like, do you ever see bodybuilders doing parcels? Like, to build the biggest muscles that they want, do you ever see them doing just like a very like small thing? If they are, they some some bodybuilders squatting pretty squatting pretty. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say. No. Ah, well said. Well said. Essentially, okay. essentially, you know, this is this also ties into how like powerlifting and bodybuilding is much more alike than what people you know people like oh powerlifting is so much different than bodybuilding well essentially we're just trying to build a bunch of muscle in a linear plane that's it on three we want to build as much muscle as possible on three you know on three different lifts and we want to be technically proficient in the one rep max so you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that doing a partial and people will say you know that your secondary movements can be corrective movements for whatever issues you have I would prefer to just do like a pause, but the, you're still doing the full range of motion. So for example, 
you could do a full squat, but you're just pausing in the bottom because that's going to help people. That usually when people have issues, it's finding the bottom. Yeah. Um, on bench, you have to pause in competition, so you're still doing full range of motion. Does it make sense to pause like halfway at lockout, you know, and you could potentially get hurt like pull a peck or something. Um, and on deadlifts, in with, with sumo deadlifts, I could potentially see how um, like doing block pulls could potentially help with uh, your mobility and like getting your hips open. Um, but also just sumo deadlifting in general does that. Um, when people look at people lift and they say, oh, like, I always get stuck at this lift, at this portion of the lift. It, you're always gonna get stuck there because it has not, It doesn't have to do with like you being weak from that lift. It has to be, you're weak from that part of the lift because like if you look at, so like in the bench, right? Most people, I don't know if you can see, most people get stuck like kind of like on this, ang this angle right here. Like that's when the, the, the two, you know, you have like your shoulder joint and your elbow. That's when it's like kind of farthest Mm -hmm. farthest away mm -hmm. almost and and you you have to overcome you're just overcoming shitty leverage from that position yeah so you're always gonna unless you could like shorten your arm or like <laughs> make your legs longer or something yeah it is what it is yeah and you're always gonna be weak from that position so why not just get stronger in the full plane of motion instead of spinning your wheels doing like oh man i hit like a freaking like five board pr today like <laughs> no it's train train the main movement Stop focusing on where you get stuck so much, um, uh, you know, and and just work the whole thing. And it's crazy because this, it, can, it just creates like delusion. Like people, people think like, oh man, like all those like, you know, what what's it called when you put the pins like super super high and you load like infinity weight on there and you just like walk it out or you just like pick it up. <laughs> A walkout or Anderson, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And like, you know, all just just doing like holds with like one million pounds totally like helped me build the biggest legs ever it's like no dude like i i, I just don't like partials i think it's a waste uh, it's honestly like a waste of time for the most part and um you know just focus on building as much muscle as possible from that linear plane and you'll be good fair enough man you got a question that you're gonna ask what's the uh, what's the most fucked up thing either one of you guys seen out of me oh shit you guys oh, been to a lot of meets you, you go first. Uh, I think uh, Steve Emanuel in booty shorts at <laughs> National Party. Wow! Nightmarish. He was just walking around like it was nothing. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> Good for you for being confident. That's, that's some psychological warfare right there. Wow. <laughs> so, most fucked up thing I've seen at a meet, like by far 100%. Um, was watching uh, Brandon Lily fall. Um, uh, I uh, was like six feet in front of him when that happened. Um, I actually helped him put a singlet on that day. So oh, no. It was you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it almost felt like it was me because like, I, it was the first time I met him. No, 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 seriously, it was like weird. It was weird. It was like the first time I met him. And the first time I see him, this guy literally, and it, it was just, he just breaks both of his legs in front of me. Fucking it was the Jesus. loudest pop. It was the loudest pop I, like, ever. And it was, it was, uh, Did you it was obviously very catastrophic and unfortunate. And he's still dealing with it years later. So Did you that put was that singlet on? He steps out there, you're like, break a leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he does it, you're like, oh shit, man, that was me. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> No trail, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan went there. 
<laughs> so what's a... Oh, and another thing I want to ask you. Um, in terms of Jesse Norris, I don't know if you have an inside track on. Is he going to go to the Worlds in 2017? Do you know? No. Damn! No. Is he ever going to the Worlds? He's a young-ass man. He's got a lot of... So, we don't have Jesse, John. We don't have Dennis, Cornelius. We don't have... We're, we're basically our men's open team. Um, we're missing some of our... I don't want to say that our team is not going to be 100%, but there are definitely guys that are inhibited uh, by the distance of the meet. Um, uh, they're also, you know, like Dennis has won worlds before, John has won worlds before, Jesse is arguably the best lifter, you know, in the world when he's hef- when he's when he's healthy, drug-free, um, you know, so... He, 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 why is he gonna go? He's not 100% right now. I don't know if you guys saw, but Dave Ricks was right on him. Oh, hell yeah. And, we yeah, all saw and, that, yeah. But just he benched like 350, which he's yeah. done over 100 like many, many times. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know, he did a strongman competition a little bit before nationals. He hurt his shoulder, and it's just been a struggle to get his shoulder healthy um, after that. And, uh, you know, was missing his third squat on depth and then only getting uh, one bench. And then some questionable calls on deadlifts, uh, you know, like he won, but it was like, it was rough. Like, it was a battle with, with, Dave, with 57-year-old David Briggs. And that was actually, uh, no one would have seen that coming, but that being a battle, frick, man, everyone was all over David Ricks. Like, it was a feel-good story because, all right, Jesse's still going to win, but David Ricks being 57 years old, you know, like, Breaking open world records at the IPF world. Well, there was a chance. If Jesse didn't get a third deadlift, he would have lost. I and know. I know, man. That was, was nice. I was handling Jesse, and um, I was handling a lot of people in that same flight. Yeah, and yeah. I just remember he got reds on his second deadlift. I went over to the jury, and then the jury gets in their huddle, and they're like, no, we're going to stay with the call. So I go to the, the refs that made the call, and they're like, oh, well, he didn't lock out all the way, which is like such a vague, like, like his shoulders weren't back. Like the kid literally just died lifting that weight, and and to see them like when he locks out, he has a very like exaggerated kind of like lockout, you know. And yeah. and for them to say it wasn't locked out on the way just like blew my mind. And I just told him, uh, you know, Jesse, we knew coming into this meet it was gonna be, it was gonna be this. Like it was gonna be a fight. Um, you know, kind of like Jesse kind of against like getting all his lifts in rather than anybody else being stronger than him. Um, you just have to go out there and leave no doubt um, and, and end this meet right now. And he told me that that helped him a lot. And I had never had a lifter say like, like I try to give pep talks when it's time. Yeah, yeah. And for, yeah. tell me that that made a difference. Um, meant a lot to me and if you guys if anybody sees that video it was like a very uh, it was I was like is this going to be the me that Jesse Norris gets beat yeah, like, shit that would really? suck that but, would suck to David Briggs that, that's it's George serious. Foreman right there you didn't run 2014 yeah the one after huh yes no it was, uh, it was my first run so he was there yes so yeah it's like he doesn't get beat at Rome he doesn't get beat here he doesn't get beat here but he gets beat at Freaking USAPL Nationals, like, yeah. what the heck? Yeah. But, yeah, um, Jesse's a good kid, and, and I wish him the best, especially with his shoulder. Was there was there anything in 2016 that surprised you? Like, any lifters that come out of nowhere or anything that shocked you during that year? 
David Briggs mm. comes to my freaking now that we're on the subject. Jesus, man. Like, he's yeah. been around forever, but breaking that open world record. And then, obviously, there's other factors with the Jesse Norris, but him, him and Jesse to be toe-to-toe, -to -toe, like, that's a crazy story. You know every old man watched that, like, hell yeah, hell yeah, you know? He gave people up. Did, yeah, did you see what shoes he was pulling in? I know, man, I know, I know, that's crazy. Uh, these just like Nike old running shoes. Squishy souls, squishy souls too, man. So, yeah, um, for, yeah, who's, what's your most like surprising lifter moment? Um, um, all right, so, uh, Daniela Mello was kind of, uh, uh, I don't even know her last name. Um, I think it's Mello. We can look it up right now on the gram. But, uh, her name is Daniela. She's, uh, she competes in the, I believe it's the 84 kilo women's weight class. She's like 17. She took second at nationals just barely. And she's new. She came out of nowhere. She's rep. Like, I just saw her recently. She hit 405 or 5. She bends 225 for like five or plus, and she pulls like in the fours, and she's like 17. Like, holy shit. And yeah, she's, yeah. Like, she's like, just to be that strong, so young, um, you know, and she doesn't look like she could like dress up, and you wouldn't even know that she's a lifter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so for yeah, yeah. her to just be able to say, like, all right, let me put it, let me put in work right now, you know, that was, <laughs> that was very surprising to me. Um, uh, she made like I didn't know who she was, but people kept saying her name, and and uh, now actually one of one of my longtime clients is actually uh, working with her. So to know that I had like a little baby influence <laughs> on that, is, 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 yeah. Um, I guess Ray Williams actually squatting a thousand. Yeah, that was that's probably the, that was like I was like, yeah, I'll probably see a thousand pound squat like in the next like five years. I did yeah. not expect this yeah. year. I mean. What was his PR before that? Like nine thirty at nationals um, or whatever. Worlds, I believe he did nine sixty. Yeah. I believe, yeah. um, and then and then he just did like a thousand in training and. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how like the it's, thousand like pounds. It's like the over. it's like the yeah. four minute mile now. Where previously it was like thousand pounds. Wouldn't that be crazy? Wouldn't that be crazy? And now it feels like. Every all the super heavyweights are like, yo, I want to hit thousand pounds this year. Yeah, like, I mean, now it's like a four minute mile. Once one guy breaks it, feels like everybody's like, yeah, okay, that's well, two, two of them have already broken it. I mean, and, Jezza, and, and I don't think Kelly's that far behind. Kelly Brain, yeah. Canadian boy. And uh, they're all they're all pushing each other, and that's that's uh, when Ray sees other guys in his realm, it fires him up. Um, it, it's definitely something that like. He needs to fight. He likes having competition. He likes having another guy there to push him. Um, I am patiently awaiting the return of Blaine Sumner to yeah. the Raw scene. Um, but I think when he does do that, there will be a, a pretty big drop yeah. in gear. I think you ever think of the Raw squad lover past the, the gear? Uh, what was it 1,100? Yeah, 500 kilograms. I think it's only natural that it will. In time. We asked Blaine, we had Blaine on here, and Blaine said he's, I think he said he's sticking with the quip, right? He's got no, we'll see, I mean, he's young too, but I think he's saying his hips, he had some problems with the hips. The and hips like, and the some other things, but he was just talking about, he was actually really promoting it and like to see it come back. And, yeah, and, and he's the thing. pretty like he pro said, quit. Yeah, he's pretty pro-equipped on it. He, yeah, he was talking a lot about uh, we'll that. We'll see. I mean, how old is Blaine? We didn't even ask him. I, I think he's in his 20s still, no? 
you think they would rather? I'm not sure how old he is, but um, just to touch, to touch on raw lifting uh, for a sec. Yeah. What yeah. do you think? Um, Gear lifting. Yeah. Uh, what do you think for Olympics if it would be raw or equipped? Oh shit! It's gotta be raw. It's gotta, it's gotta be, be raw. raw. I don't think. Uh, I don't think the public wants to see a dude come out in a bench shirt, can't put his arms down. And, like people don't relate to that. You know, the thing is yeah, funny. I, I think if you look at, you know, how successful CrossFit is, it looks like something that anybody could do. Uh, with raw powerlifting, all I need, all I really need is just myself in a bar. Yeah. You know, and some shoes. Um, yeah. Huh? <laughs> what about plates? And damn plates, too. <laughs> 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 you know, I mean, to, thank you, John. Just, even guys that I know that, that lift in equipment say, you know, you need help. Like, you need a bunch of people there. Yeah. Like, the equipment is very expensive, so like the there's already kind of like a paywall for a newer lifter to get into it. You know, like if their parents can't buy whatever, let's say you're a young kid in high school, then you're just gonna live raw. There's just too many things that make equipped lifting, you know, not um, it's not as like desirable. It's not as uh, I mean, I have no desire to do it, and also there's the injury factor. People say you're safer in gear, but like. I mean, I don't know, like, why? When that gear fell, like, I, I was spying a meet one time, and, I mean, saw this guy was benching, like, 500, and his bench shirt just blew out. Jesus! Like, what, what if you caught it, but, it was like, Jesus, man. Like, I've seen, like, dudes That'd be terrifying to feel, like, shit, that just blew out. Yeah. That's like Iron Man loses his fucking jet pack when he's in the air. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, and beyond even, um... Like the guys having to put it on and, and money wise, take even all that aside, if I'm honest, interest wise, I'm not as interested watching somebody with like, can't put his arms down wearing a suit. You know, it's because like a lot of guys asked me like previously, uh, before the like IPF went classic, like, why do you guys, if it's a strength sport, wear a shirt that lets you put on 150 pounds onto your bench? You know, it's harder for the public if you're not already in there to buy into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I agree. It's, it's just one more thing for someone to be like, oh, he benched 500, but, you know, that shirt probably got like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it or whatever. I think it's just, yeah, that's one of the reasons I've stuck with Raws. I don't want someone to be able to be like, oh, that's because he only hit that number because he had you know, a squat suit on or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, the IPF itself is sitting around 215,000 members now. Yeah. There's not, like, we don't really know the data on what's equipped and what's not without really seeing them. But Gaston said it was pretty close to 50-50, but he said, he said Europe, slightly more Europe, Europe. Europe was really based on the on the equipped, but I think the raw just blew up. And it's, I think what Joey said was, was it's so much easier to get into. Literally, you throw in a pair of Chuck Taylors and go compete. Like, you rock and roll. You know, you can use anything and, and start your first me where before you can't even find a gym that has a, uh, equipment now. That's what's crazy about playing Sumner. You see his Instagram videos. First off, the guy gets fucking crazy jacked up for his videos. Like he's like an animal. Yeah. And he's, he's uh, wrapping his own knees and shit and training. Also, I feel like his uh, equipment's a little bit looser. Um, he daily alone, obviously, so it's it's not like uh, he has a bunch of people there to help him. But. You know, his suit looks relatively loose. It might get tight in the bottom. And then his wraps, he does, if you watch him wrap, he doesn't even put them on tight. Yeah, like, yeah. Puts them on, like, he just places them on his knee. He doesn't, like, crank them. He doesn't have six <laughs> He places them. It's a suggestion well, for so, so that's the thing, you know, talking about, you know, he squats in flats. He's a very hip, hingy type of squatter. That those wraps are gonna help him, but not nearly as much as the suit is because it's all on his hip. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So who knows? He might have a super strong squat like without the reps, just in the suit. Um, so I don't know. I just uh, I just don't even like if you live geared, that's fine. The you know very prominent uh, you know geared guys just. They don't. A lot of them are very outspoken, and they don't like raw. They just don't like it. They want us to go away. They, they. I don't even like saying us because it creates a division. Yeah. Um, we're all, we're all doing the same thing. And um, if you want to lift geared, then go ahead and lift geared. Um, be real with yourself. If you know that you're not like, like, like. Okay. Like, if I could be the number one geared lifter right now, or I could get like, you know, top eight at nationals and staying raw. I'm gonna lift raw. I don't even care about like lifting number one geared so yeah um i think that goes both ways i think there's some raw guys that just like throw shade at equipped lifters like well they're still handling you know 800 1100 pounds that's still impressive yeah, yeah, yeah but they i just think like a lot of geared lifters feel like they were here before and they paved the way and that we wouldn't be where we at if it weren't for them i'm not gonna like i don't want to really get into it because we, like it's it's uh it's uh it's up to each person to decide what they believe, but um, I just think if you want to live geared, go ahead. If yeah. if you want to live raw, then do that. I mean, I think for the young, the youth, I think raw is obviously like it's easier to get into. Um, you know, equipment is is definitely like it's like what'd you do today? Oh, I spent three hours working up to a single in my seat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I do that today. <laughs> Because John's just like can't go anywhere without like flocks of girls just coming up to him. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like a whole controversy with collegiate nationals this year. How they uh, oh, they God. put the raw guys on the weekend and and all the equipment guys are pissed off about that. But it's like how how else are we gonna make the sport grow? Like you're not gonna get new powerlifting clubs at a school without at least like and you're not gonna get a new equipped powerlifting team out of nowhere you're going to yeah. get a new raw powerlifting team and maybe it. someone comes along that knows equipped and it's going to you know teach in 20 them. years yeah unless you teach the equipped or you got a sponsor who's going to buy all the equipment because yeah. these, these these university kids aren't going to go out and buy all that gear to try it once or twice it's, well, yeah, yeah. it's, See, like, it's like, like, like playing football you know what I mean if, if they don't give you the stuff you're not going to go out and buy all that stuff to play your first time to see if you want to play and you may or may not even like it I'm going to try this out drop a thousand dollars yeah team. Yeah, it's um, and it's not really like you can't really share a suit. Like if I had a suit, I would be able to give it to John. You know what I mean? But I can, I can give my straps if he needs. I can give him my belt if he needs. I can give him my knee sleeves maybe. If we need to. Um, I don't know. Well, knee sleeves more than belt probably. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa! Easy. We can uh, adjust it, but I mean, I train in two XL SPDs, and then I compete in the the XL. So, um, no, I mean, John, you like the which knee sleeves you like? Um, I like the strong sleeves right now the most. Yeah. So, and and I know guys that uh, really like those, and I know guys that you know don't. But I I think they're a fine economical. Uh, uh, you know, knee sleeve, and um, but we, if you lift an IPF, you have to you have to use what they tell you. So that's true. Uh, that's true. That's that's definitely, uh, and that that's another topic that I think it should be like, what does the lifter have, and what are they able to to do versus, um, oh well, you know, I bought these knee sleeves, but I didn't know I had to have this one, so now I gotta spend more money to go go out and buy that. But I de- but those, I mean, 
those restrictions definitely like put money in the pockets of the of those companies so um that's that's i know that they're we're getting close to like a like a nice little utopian little like powerlifting world where like everybody can do what they want and we're all going to be on the same page and stuff but until we get there um you know we just got to keep i'm gonna keep pushing this guy as hard as he can and and i'm gonna keep doing what i can with my people and uh and we'll see we'll see maybe maybe we'll catch the attention of, of um some someone big someday we, we've had you guys for a while so we'll wrap it up but i got one last question i want to ask you guys and you guys have been amazing this is an awesome interview uh Thank but you. if for both you two how would you like to be remembered when all this is wrapped up and you look back uh i guess <laughs> i'd like to be in the realm of like ed cohen all those like be one of the legends of powerlifting would be lifetime goal like i want to be Oh, maybe Ed Cohen's the best of all time. Maybe John Heck. That would be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. On that Mount Rushmore. Maybe it's doable, but... I mean, hopefully Joey can help me get there. <laughs> it's already it's already happening. Um, there's there's It's already... I think that, you know, that Gibbs Heck session is going to be remembered for, for a long, long time. Um, John is definitely in a position to be... You know, he's going to be like... People are going to be like, dang, man, you remember that guy, John Hack? Yeah, man, he used to freaking compete drug-free with freaking enhanced dudes and was beating them. Like, he was in he was in the ballpark, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. And he's already doing things right now that are that are just, like, insane. And um, I think the key is going to be to keep him healthy and, uh, you know, just keep communicating like we do, keep doing what we're doing. And then if, if we need to, we'll make, make, make the adjustments to keep John moving forward. And... Um, to transition into how I would like to be remembered, I would like to be remembered as someone who was not, um, I mean, I am a coach, but I don't want to be like defined by, you know, one word on many, many things to many different people. Uh, you know, I don't just write programming. I mean, I read their program, but I also, uh, um, I'm a mentor, I'm a guide, I'm, I'm someone to, to show them that they are worth more than what they might think, um, that they're capable of more than what they might think. And uh, I want to be, I want people to look back and be like, you know, Joey worked with some of the, you know, best lifters of his time. Uh, he built his lifters from the ground up. And he, you know, I mean, if anybody saw at Nationals, like, I was, I freaking died. I died helping people. I just and you died. didn't win an award for your team? Yes. Oh, we won, we won the men's open. All right, all right I got to say this because we're <laughs> here now. So we won. We won the men's open team award. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And not only did we win the men's open team award, but we won by more than double the points of second place. So I think second place was like twenty-one, and we were like forty-three points. You if you were to subtract, if you were to just subtract Jesse Norris, right? Just take him out. Take him out completely, and don't give me the obligatory three points that every person gets. <laughs> yeah. Just take him out. We'll go four mans in. We still win. <laughs> <laughs> bench him. I, Keep I, him on the bench. It's a healthy like scratch. Back, but I worked so hard to make that happen. I literally coach people every single day. I lost sleep over it. I sacrificed my own performance, um, you know, to, to make that happen. And I was very – it was just, like, such a great feeling to, like, have that – um, dude, is it in here? Hold on, let me see. I don't, oh, it's, shit, here it, it comes. It's here garage. it comes. It's my, no, 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 it's in my garage. But um, uh, 
to, to, to take that home and just like post it, you know, in my team group and show everybody like, yo, yo, like we, you, this is for you guys. Like you guys came out here from all over the country to compete, um, you know, and, and regardless of like the 83s kind of got screwed over because they, it was the first time we ever had prime time yeah. and they didn't really know how late the meet was going to run or whatever. And all right. So John's opening deadlift was like, Six, it was 661. It was like the fastest I've ever seen him move that way. Like, with big blinding speed, like, you blink and it's done. Yeah, yeah. Minutes later, I'm not even joking, like 28 minutes later, yeah. he went out third attempt. He went out for his third attempt. Yeah. And done, but he's dead by that point. And, and I didn't go to bed that night till like three. Yeah. And that I, it just, that was like, I finished coaching, I go straight home and go to sleep. I didn't get to bed till three. So, you know, for, for, like everybody that put their body on the line to to make that happen like i i appreciate you and um you know like i just want to be remembered as someone who who like if i have a goal like with my guys and i think it's possible i'm gonna do whatever i can i'm not gonna have you know like i'm gonna oversee personally that that we win that um i also want to give like a shout out now that we're right here um, to, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but, uh, Grant, he got, he, so he hired me for 12 weeks into that meet. The guy is a legend. He is the most passionate, like, person that I have ever, like, freaking met in existence. He, he, he told me, and talk about pressure. You talk about $40,000 pressure. How about a freaking 300-pound Samoan guy like Joey? <laughs> I, I win nationals, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. We, he told me this probably, like, 50 times in the 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. <laughs> the guy was like he he never complained once he just did everything he was supposed to do and um he ended up winning uh his class and he hit all of his attempts and he just posted he just recently got the invite he's like joey i'm an old dog i don't know how much more i got in the tank you know but it would be i would love for one last time for me to go to ipf world because that's the one thing i haven't done yeah. and i was like i was like i'm like grant we're gonna make it happen, and and he he won. He just got his invite, and I have this picture of him uh, hugging his wife in tears. Like it's yeah, yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. hits me hits me right here. So so I want to be remembered as somebody who can help create those. You know, if we have a little bit of talent, and we have you know some 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 great. I guess is the is the buzzword these days. Yeah, and so and we come together, put us together, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to where you want to go. So that's that's what I want to be. Kind of, I don't you, remember that. Whatever it has. Shout out to Grant Higa. <laughs> do you think you're, you're, you're leaving uh, footprints in the game with the, the way you bring in your training style, your training systems? Is that kind of your bit of your legacy? Like when people look back, you know, people look back and they, like the. the uh, I, did, I did the small. Small arm. The Joey. I'm running the Joey program. No, I, I definitely. Um, uh, you know, it's just like there are some. My training is. Uh, so there's like the scientific community and they like to say like, oh, well, we have data on this, then this means that this data is law. I think that the data is important, but I also think, you know, I, I don't want to drop a number, but I don't know anybody individually that works with more lifters than me. Uh, one, like I know, I know, you know, I know my people and I, I get information all the time. I'm constantly getting anecdote and, you know, scientific research is just a collection. It is an extrapolation of you know, data from, from a bunch of, of data points. So we, we take all that information, we pull something out of it, and we say, okay, what did we learn and how can we apply this? And, you know, it has to be repeated over and over and over. Um, 
I believe, uh, you know, Bryce's coach, which if people don't know, Bryce actually does have a coach. His name's Eric Helms. He's very, he's very influential uh, to me. Like he, all the stuff he talks about is kind of boring and scientific, but uh, him and Mike Zordos are just are putting out some research and, and it's, uh, you know, RPE versus percentage based and how to apply the knowledge. You know what I mean? And that's just something that like Mike T has been doing for a little bit. You know, I've been doing that since like day one. Um, so it's just uh, times are evolving. Training is becoming more optimal. You know, the now we have these money needs. That's probably going to bring more freaks out of the woodwork. Like the sport is evolving at an alarming rate. In the last three years, I've seen so much, you know, change in powerlifting. And I hope that in the next three years, you know, four years, five years, whatever, we just reach a we just reach a whole new, you know, a whole new freaking like. Whole new we might be doing this podcast. In, in a couple years from now, and we're going to refer back to this day. No shit. And like, you know, remember right. when we were talking about X, Y, and Z, and now X, Y, and Z is happening. So That's right. That's right. Any shout-outs you want to give before we peace out? Any sponsors? How about your new uh, sponsor you got? Uh, Madtown Fitness. It's Jim Matrina in Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, my supplement sponsorship, NFP Gear, NFP Supplements, and... Uh, then my clothing sponsorship, sponsorship A7. Definitely recommend their shirts if you, especially if you train like a commercial gym. Like I hate benching at commercial gyms, but yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of helps a lot. So, um, so for shoutouts, uh, I guess first one I gotta, I just want to say you know shout out to the Flex Training Systems uh, family wherever you guys are across the nation, across the world. Uh, love you guys so much. And then a special thanks to, uh, you know, my girlfriend, Tina, who uh, she helps me with a lot of like the back and work, the T-shirts, um, you know, things like that, the emails, things like that. And um, she just she's like my little like no matter where, where I'm at, what meet I'm doing, uh, I think she didn't come with me to world, but she was every meet that I'm at. She's always, you know, taking care of me and, and uh taking time out of her day to, to make sure that I'm good to go. And, um, uh, you know, shout out to, to you, Tina. Love you wherever you are listening to this. <laughs> there you go. Team Flex is in the building. Thanks, guys. We'll talk again. Yeah. Damn, that was, that, was a, that was a hell of a, we might have to break that one in two, but we had a lot of ground to come. Yeah, that was a good interview. There's a lot of good stuff on there. It was interesting. It's a lot of just like Joey talking a lot about just interesting stuff and and his view on on where he wants the IPF, just powerlifting in general to go, which yeah. is a lot of what I think other powerlifters feel too. You know, and it's mm-hmm. it's just seeing it being uh, more broad spectrum. You know, less mm-hmm. less behind the doors. You, you know? see, like what he was saying about in the perfect world, there's not a million different feds. We're all on the same page, but. I mean, uh, obviously, you're going to have tested, untested. You're never going to see eye to eye on that. And then the levels of gear. It's tough, man. It, it, like, a lot of different sports don't deal with that. Hockey is hockey. Football's for the... They got Canadian football, American football, but, like... But, you you know, I, I, it's, it's a double sword there on that one. Because you say a lot of them don't deal with it, but they do. It's just that there isn't a tested, untested. Like, we, we yeah. define it as two things. But you tell me in what sport... They're natty, like you got. It just natty. is. You yeah, you know what I mean. They, is there they, another sport besides bodybuilding? No, but, but they, like that, like I don't know if there is another. Yeah, fuck. well, well, for a while 
okay, but, but, but what I'm saying is, look, you look at even Major League Sports. You look at Major League Sports, they're supposed to be natty. Mm -hmm. Right, but I mean, they're somewhat tested, somewhat not. I mean, yeah, 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 they're not. That's what I'm saying. That. Like we we define it as tested, untested, but yeah. but there's so many sports that I mean, you don't you don't know. Like, oh, you can't NFL. Like on, like you brought up NFL. The, come on, man. They're they're definitely not natty. Major League Baseball. Oh, and they're definitely not natty. But they and this is what we kind of talked on there too. You got billions of dollars involved. You 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 give somebody fifty million dollars. You, everybody you know, is set for life. You might be like, oh, let me see if I can't pass this test while I'm not natty. And then you got, like you touched on it with the Olympics, like all these lifters and stuff. I mean, the Olympics is supposed to be the most natty of it all. And I mean, it's just nonstop, pop so, positive, yeah. pop positive. Like, guys getting stripped 10 years later. And that's just who they're catching. Like. If you think um, the rate to who they catch and don't catch with the test, because you're not, you can't, your tests don't catch everybody. So just because you called him and you didn't catch him doesn't mean he was dirty. He wasn't. There's got to be some failure rates. So you caught that many. How many are you not catching? Put those together. How many flipping guys are dirty? Well, the thing is, 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 like, how much of a program do they need to put in place where it's not so unbeatable? Like, you know, like the out of out of contest, like out of the competition testing and yeah. stuff like that, where they blood testing, blood testing, like the whole thing, and, and catching these people, going after people, and targeting like people that you think, okay, this guy's. You know, light years ahead of everyone else. I mean, like, cyclists. You yeah. know, guys blowing up their hearts and yeah, they're supposed yeah, to be yeah. the fittest guys in the world. Yeah, like, yeah, what the, yeah, what yeah. the what fuck is that? What the fuck is up? You know, so. At least, I do think, though, at least with powerlifting, the fact that we have an untested division gives those guys a sandbox to play in. If you are natty, the fact of it is, because if you take that away, those guys, A, aren't going to just all of a sudden stop powerlifting, B, aren't going to all of a sudden stop using. They're coming over to your sandbox and going to try to beat your test. So at least, like, honestly, like, I, I've always competed in the test division. I, f I feel no two ways about it. If you want to compete in the untested, that's fine. I don't judge. I, my, my idols aren't a sports singer, do, you know? Do what, but, you, do what you do. Just make sure you're in the right, but, the right, well, what right. I'm, yeah, the right thing. Yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is um, some of the guys who are so pro clean sports got to realize, with our sport in particular, the fact there is an avenue for someone who wants to go there means they won't be in your class. But if you take that avenue away, they're not retiring. And they're not just all of a sudden going clean. Just drop everything cold turkey. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to see Dan Green all of a sudden drop 100 pounds and show up in the USAPL. I mean, he might not. Like, he wouldn't. I don't think he's going to try to fool nobody. But I'm saying, like, I, he's the biggest dude, so he's easy to throw out there. But I just mean, like, um, in terms of these guys are going to go somewhere. So I actually think there's, there's room for both. And not everybody believes that. I'm, I'm for clean sport, but there's something to be said. Well, we've had a lot of discussions with the Olympics and stuff. I think I think we hear so many different views of it that open our minds up to things that we didn't think of. I think there's a lot of good pros and cons, but it's such a, it's, I don't know. To see it get there is amazing. Like you said, there's some there's some shitty fucking sports in the Olympics to watch. I mean, like, that, that it's not even worth turning the TV on, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. The, the telecaster goes for lunch. Like, yeah. he's, not, <laughs> he's, he's not, he doesn't give a shit what's going on there. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't the hype, but... It's fake enthusiasm. Like, come on, man, you're a fucking water polo fan all year round? Yeah. Get out of here. But then you also take away from from different events, like, you know, the Arnold's. Like seeing that is is I mean you get to see the strongman you get to see the bodybuilders it's, yeah. it's such a cool event to be at and see so yeah you're gonna take away from that to do Olympics and I don't know like you you have people that stand out like the John Hacks and different athletes that are just amazing at what they do 
but you're also talking about Olympians. You're going to have countries sponsoring athletes. Like we, we talked about. Guys pop out of nowhere. It would be a different ball game. It's a different ball game. Guys are going to step up because now it's something to train for. I want to, like, you know, you want to be the next next bolt. Like, you want to be the next yeah. powerlifter. Guys will start training their kids at three years old to yeah, do yeah. this shit. You yeah. Know? Well, John Hacks will be, there'll be a shitload of them. Every country will have one John Hack. And then, so then you have 20 John Hacks showing up. So then you have a battle of, you know, I beat you by five, five pounds. There, there is parts of what Joey talked about, though, that I really liked is that how shitty there is money in this is that, you know, you're the John Hack. And, and honestly, like, I, you know, I don't know the guy's financial situation, but, but like you said, going to, to Belarus. Yeah, it's not on the table for some people. But how much that fucking cost? Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe he got a real job, you know, he got to yeah. go to work every day. Like, you can't just, he does all these other meets. He's already booking time off. He can't book two more weeks yeah. off to go. So, and that's the thing, like, you watch the Olympics, they're sponsored by, like, each country by Reebok or by Nike and then thousands of other sponsors. And then you get the local guy who's got the Mattress King who's sponsoring them. And, you know, they got so yeah, much yeah, different yeah. things coming in. So. If you're an Olympian, you're probably you're going to go to the Olympics. If you yeah. qualify, you're going. Whereas with powerlifting, economically speaking, well, how many guys, when they had it, the Worlds in Orlando, how many Europeans, you know, Eastern Europeans, or even a little further, and then Asia, and even further, further away, yeah. it gets tougher and tougher to, to expand. It's a huge, like, you're talking, what, $5,000? If you're coming from Asia, you drop 5K? Well, 5K, man, that's, that's a down payment on your house. How are you going to look at your wife and be like, we're not going to pay the mortgage, we're not going to buy the new, you know, you got kids? His, his instance right there, a couple hundred bucks to drive over to the meet, 10000 I get a chance of winning up to $50,000, yeah. or I get a chance of taking home a medal. I mean, I ain't taking away from what that medal means. It's huge, but he's already got it, so it's easier, yeah. And it's $50,000. Yeah, you know it's, I mean? well, 50k, man. That's that's 50k. That's a year he might not have to work, train, yeah. train straight. You know. Yeah. Like, so you find out. Oh, next year's 50k. Cool. I'm a pro powerlifter now. I make 50k a year minimum. Because if he wants to pick up clients, whatever the hell he wants to do in between, he could do it. It opens up everything. Yeah, yeah, man. It's a game changer. We'll see what happens. Especially with Hack, if he wants to keep doing it, this thing becomes regular. Maybe he doesn't come back to IPF if it's 50k every damn year, or maybe he comes back. And we see hack. Well, like we said, we'll see it. what the transition is. I mean, after this happens, we'll see. I mean, if hack does what hack, like you know, what he, his plan is in there, I think the transition. It's. I'm not saying there's a huge percentage, but we will see more. Like Cornelius is in that too. Like he stepped out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's that's two big names. That's right another there. cat we should get on here. Yeah, that's two. That's two big names that just walked away from the IPF for a year. So that's, if you think you can make that though. All right, man. Well, good session. It was a long one. Thanks, everybody. But, yeah, we uh, might chop it up into two. Yeah. So maybe when you're watching it, it won't be as long. But fuck, man, we had some good talk. And still yeah. can't cut it. That was interesting to hear. It was just a different side of it. To say the least. All right, till the next time. Wow.